0: So first of all, thank you all for coming to uh, ServiceNow Federal Forum. We're excited to have you all here today. And I'm really excited that you chose to come to our breakout on total experience. I want to be able to continue the conversation that we started on the main stage uh, earlier this morning. I love this concept of total experience because it goes beyond just that there is an employee experience or a customer experience or a user experience, or I'm talking about how I interact with technology. We know experiences sometimes picking up a telephone and calling somebody or walking up to a service desk or standing in line at a a checkout. Everything about interacting with uh, a customer service organization, to get that service, you're, you're evaluating everything as a person the good things and the bad things. So I think it's a, a nice evolution that we're going beyond simplistically saying it's a customer or employee or user kind of experience, to think about the whole the whole thing, because that's really the way we think about this stuff in the real world. So we have a great conversation for you now to build on what we've talked about earlier today. Um, i gonna begin by saying, I'm Jonathan Albom. I'm the federal CTO for ServiceNow. Uh, before joining ServiceNow, I worked in the federal government for many years. I was a chief information officer at, at different agencies, mostly in the Department of Agriculture. And eventually, I became the CIO for the department. And this was always a topic that was very important to the secretary of agriculture, the agency administrators I worked at. Uh, curious by a show of hands, um, how many government employees we have here? Okay, it's great. And, you know, one of the things that, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, always sort of uh, bothered me a little bit is that, When you work in the government, sometimes people look at the work we do in government and they say, oh, the private sector can do that better. And, you know, look at the customer experience. They say, when's the last time that you tried to uh, call your internet service provider and make a change to your account or talk to the cell phone company or, you know, deal with some other kind of frustrating medical bill or something? It's, experience is hard. If you work in the government or you don't work in the government, we can all learn from each other, which is one of the things that we want to be doing as part of this federal IT community that we're all, we're all a part of. Um, and my colleague today is AJ Siegel. AJ, why don't, we, why don't you share a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Uh, my name is AJ Siegel. Uh, I've been in the user experience profession for about 20 years now. I worked in insurance for about a decade. I worked in ad tech for a year and then discovered ServiceNow. I spent about six years helping customers innovate with the ServiceNow platform by bringing design thinking into workshops and design activities. Now for the last 14 months, I've been helping our customers and partners learn how to deliver great experiences with ServiceNow.
0: That's great. And when I first met AJ, he was in a great role at ServiceNow because he was uh he was sort of above the different kinds of workflows that we have. He he was in a group where they talked about how do we get the best experience for someone, irrespective of the different kinds of products and solutions service now offered. So he's always been someone who uh, has always been someone in my estimation was able to think big, dream big, That's like right. we talk about, and come up with great solutions for really hard problems. And this idea of total experience, I think, fits fits that exactly. Because, you know, all the time that I, I, uh, I spent in government, uh, as I was a sharing, you know, you leave with this idea that government is complex. And when government is really hard or problems are really hard, I think oftentimes it's very difficult for us to know where to start. And you've been on a lot of these projects. So, you know, where, where do you get started? How, wh- what sort of advice and practice have you experienced?
1: Yeah, I think one of the most important things that anyone can do is recognize that they're human beings on the other side of the screen that you're putting you're building software, implementing software for. And we aren't them. We aren't. Uh, a person that is maybe dealing with citizens on a daily basis we're not an agent out in the field driving a truck we're it professionals we're implementing software we're hr professionals so we need to build empathy with the users we're creating for and understand that they have different abilities with technology than we do and also different understandings of the organization than we do and i'm happy to talk about different activities that help with that but getting out and getting to know your users is probably the most important thing that I can suggest to any, any federal agency, any customer of ServiceNow is trying to get value out of the platform.
0: Uh, know your users. Uh, I, I just want to uh, share, there are seats in front for anybody in the back. Uh, there's a few seats in these uh, up, upper rows. We'd love to have you up here. No need to stand. Uh, so AJ, I think it's a great point. You know, Get to know your users. We heard on our total experience panel um, earlier that the, the VA surveyed 500 veterans, something like that. And that really helped them get a human-centered perspective on on a, a, a veteran's experience. Um, what kinds of activities, in addition to maybe surveys or other things, have, have you done in order to learn, listen to learn? We heard that earlier t- today, too, uh, to be able to learn from uh people in the field or people who are using the technologies that we're, yeah. we're talking let about.
1: let me actually show a picture that really helps illustrate this so if you look down in the bottom right on these pipe cleaner headset things going on that's the guy over on the right is my colleague greg and actually what he's doing here is working with call center agents observing how they would handle simulated calls to understand how they were conversing with their citizen with their constituent but also how they were using technology I remember I used to do this a lot when I was in insurance. I'd go down to Tennessee to our call center, and I'd see all the different ways people use paper to take notes, writing people's driver's license numbers down, writing VIN numbers for for cars down, all PII, by the way. So from a security perspective, a major risk. And the reason why was the workflow on the screen didn't match the natural conversation flow, which is typically something like, tell me about all the drivers in your home. Tell me about all the vehicles in your home. But the system was designed, tell me all the vehicles in your home, then tell me all the drivers. Mm -hmm. But the agents, because they're empathic, they care about their users, the the caller, they would have a natural conversation and work around the system. Mm -hmm. We saw that all the time. So by sitting with users, by watching how users work, and now we can do it virtually. There's so many ways to do it virtually Mm -hmm. now. It's really powerful.
0: It, uh, I, I love the fact that you brought up the system because you know bringing up the system reemphasizes that this idea of total experience includes that user experience too, <laughs> not just the experience of an employee using, or at, at an at an organization or a customer, but what's it like to use the system? The whole human de- centered, human centered design movement that's been with us for you know some time now, but is really being embraced by agencies. I think has uh is again a reflection of that kind of work and the ex- and the expectations that people have. When you go to work, you want to work with technologies that are like the technologies that you interact with at home or commercial websites or leading brands. And we have to pull those ideas and, and methods like AJ is describing into into our into our work here. Um, I, I want to also open this up for questions as we continue. So we have, a, we have a, you know, a big crowd and a lot of you work at different government agencies and you're experiencing these things. And let, you know, if there's a, someone who wants to share a thought or a comment, I'd love for you to be able to, uh, to do so as we, as we continue our, uh, our conversation here. So we, we've talked about some ways to um, get information. So you listen to learn. So you have an idea. You shared your uh, your experience with the, the call center, and you know you can organize a screen differently, or at least you understand the way that people interact with customers and what that means from a technology perspective. So it's 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 all good. We can pick uh, we can pick an approach to get data. Uh, we then have to prioritize because it's never just one thing; it's a lot of things. And let's assume we pick what the most important thing is. Some leader said this is the most important thing. Uh, AJ, what have you done in order to get people behind this project? And once you get them there, what do you do to keep them there?
1: Yeah. And I know sometimes I talk idealistically. And I think one of the dangers is that when you get in a room and there's a director or senior person, their opinion wins and may shut out the best ideas. So some of the things we actually do to get buy-in from project stakeholders, delivery team members, even users is we run what we call alignment jams. And there are other names for this thing. I used to call it anchors and wins. Different activities where you find ways to get ideas from everybody. Not everybody's comfortable in front of an audience like we are now. Not everybody's comfortable shouting their ideas out. So we actually find very specific methods to work with a group of people in a meeting room, in a, in a team's conversation, to make sure every idea is heard and every idea has equal weight, regardless of the adjectives after somebody's name. I think that's really important to get buy-in from stakeholders. What, what, what kind of
0: uh, background or skill set do you need to, to execute one of, these, one of these sessions?
1: I think at a start, learning how to do the technique is fairly easy, right? It involves sticky notes and Sharpies. So if you're able to go to Staples or Office Depot or the Supply Closet, that's the first skill. Yep. I think over time, there is facilitation skill that you have to develop to manage different participants that want to shout, out, shout over others to have backup plans if an activity is not working. So there there's some great resources online that can teach you how to become a facilitator. Uh, we're actually running some sessions later this week uh, mm-hmm. in the ServiceNow office out in Vienna for customers on Wednesday and for partners on Thursday to teach some of these techniques as well. But building that empathy to be able to work with a group of people who you may not know is, is a, I realize it's a leap for a lot of us technologists to do that, but I think it's a really valuable skill for some and, of us. And,
0: you know, I just want to reemphasize well, this is a ServiceNow conference. What AJ is talking about has nothing to do with ServiceNow. Correct. Right? Um, ServiceNow is a great platform and we can meet lots and lots of incredible, incredibly hard requirements. But to get started, it's about having a dialogue, being able to think together, draw things out, get some mind share around a solution or a problem and what a solution might be, what a <laughs> workflow might be. Really understand the way work and data flow through your organization. Think about what the future workflow should be or what a new approach is. All those things, you don't need a technology to do other than the Sharpie and the, and the, and the sticky pad. So, you know, I, I share that because, again, from my experience in the government, sometimes uh, I'd see projects not start because there wasn't funding. We can't buy something. Well, I'm, I'm just reminding you, you don't have to necessarily buy something to get started on the thinking part. And you get that thinking part, you have a lot of runway so when there is funding available at the end of the year and the next budget cycle, well, you can execute. You can buy licenses. You can buy a technology, and you can execute quickly because you've done the harder part, you know that people part. So um, I think that those are great ideas. We're going to share a little bit more about the workshops that you're that you're talking about in a in a moment. But I want to I want to pivot um, from uh, you know further down the project. Right, we have uh, an idea of what the problem is. We've done some work together to think about what solutions might be. Um, and we, we've now we're, ec- we're going to execute a project. How do you execute these projects effectively?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think there are a couple of things. One thing I've seen in working with customers is we do treat these often as projects, not products. And so we look at it as a software upgrade. And the goal is to implement the software, not necessarily implement it well, but just to get it done, to check off a box. So if we shift that and say, no, this is an opportunity to improve whatever the previous software was doing, then we start thinking about what are the activities we do to figure out what to improve. So we observe the users using the current solution. And we, Like I said before, with that call center example, and then we find ways to prototype what the new solution might look like. And so we get into Agile. Right? Mm-hmm. So we need to find ways to rapidly prototype. That doesn't have to be on the platform. Now, if you get comfortable with page designer for service portal or UI builder. Great. Good. God bless you. That's awesome. Go build it on the platform. But there are tools that folks like me use like Figma, Sketch, Adobe XD, if that's still around to prototype an interface and get feedback. So when I had that call center story, I prototyped in about 12 hours, less than that, probably a different workflow for getting a quote for car insurance and brought it back to the agents two days later Mm -hmm. and said, how does this help you on your phone calls? Let's simulate. Give me a quote for car insurance. I got feedback and these questions were confusing and why is this a drop down, not a radio button? We can start getting that feedback. So that iterative nature, you do it with a prototype, you do it in QA, you do it in production, you can keep doing that. and It's a great way to get feedback and include your users in the process. So now you get users that are champions of the change, which helps with change management. Mm -hmm. So when you have users that are champions of the change, um,
0: it becomes a lot stickier, right? It's a lot harder for uh, a new leader to come in and say, oh, you know, I want to do the process on my own now, you know, or I want to rethink it. Well, we have you have users that are champions of the change. They you know, that new CIO, that new executive who comes in can, you know, get behind it because you're on the, you're on your way to a big win. And it makes the team and the organization, I think, stand out. You know, in my experience, relative to you know other groups in an agency or uh, other teams that are maybe taking a more you know top-down approach, that collaboration uh, is makes a big difference. And the, it shows not just in support, but it shows in the final product. People like the thing that they have at the end because they've been working on it together. And I think it's such a unique. Uh, well, I don't want to say that it's unique because I think people are doing it now. But the the idea that um, we don't need technologists to lead, necessarily lead a, lead a project and we don't need technology to get started. You know, those are ideas that I think if you, if you leave here, if you can remember those ideas, I think that'll help you advance your, your various efforts in, in, in your agencies. Um, AJ, I want to I just follow on in terms of doing, doing the project. We know that this kind of work uh, intuitively, um, you know, in these efforts, they, they build trust between teams. Um, they create value for organizations. But uh, I really want to hear your thoughts about how you measure those things to be able to prove to somebody that, hey, this is really good work. We do have user support. It's better today than it was before. Well, there's more trust. There's more interaction. There's more whatever. How do you show that?
1: Yeah, I could get really academic about this. There are things like the system usability scale score. That's a 10 question Likert one to five thing that you can use to baseline your current solution you can use it again with the prototype you can use it again when you go to production and see how that number moves across your users it's a lot of work you have to administer it it's a lot of questions that people have to fill out um so you can do things like customer ease score which is something you might do after somebody fulfills a request on a site how easy or difficult was it to complete this task and you look at that how that changes over time but those are, um, I think those are what we call leading indicators. They'll, they'll show you that something's great or not. But what ultimately probably matters to your stakeholders are things like the cost of a service call, mm-hmm. right? How, does it, how much does it cost us to uh, change somebody's direct deposit information? That might not be a good example. Well, when everybody had to call or fill out a piece of paper, it costs this much. But now that they can self-serve, because we designed a really easy workflow that integrates into the payroll system, Rate, It's much faster, and now it only involves the user affected. So, if you go from those leading indicators of users' perceptions of the experience to what matters to the agency, like cost or like efficiency, you can see how improvements to the experience affect the, the organization.
0: And I think it affects the way people feel about the organization. Yeah. And you know, again, if you think about it from an outside-in perspective in, into government, you know, we we know trust in government is low. And we, we also know that you build trust very slowly over time through lots of small interactions. You can lose trust very quickly, but you build it small, in small ways over time. And I, I, I'd suggest that every time that there's a positive interaction, you use the revised, revised form or you use something like login.gov and you can log in one time across different kinds of applications. You start to feel better about these interactions. It's simpler, it's, it's less complex. You don't have uh, the same angst interacting with the government or with an organization. You know, we're building trust bit by bit by bit. Um, so, you know, that, that's theoretical, right? You know, you kind of know that it's there. I'd I, I like to, you know, uh, talk a little bit more about how do we um, understand the current state so we know how to measure to show demonstrable value? Like, how do you, how do you capture a baseline? You know, in your example with insurance or, or other or other places, how did you capture what it what it cost, you know, today or what with the how long it took?
1: Yeah. So when I was in insurance, right, we had, I think it was like Tivoli, some product from Tivoli that would measure the length of calls. And we could attribute a cost to each of those calls. So calls were taking 14 minutes or seven minutes, that cost us $89. Let's say, let's make up that number. So if we could reduce the length of those calls, we had very quantifiable numbers of, of the impact to the business and multiply that across 1,500 call center agents, that number starts to add up times how many calls per day, and right, Now you have real big numbers with lots of zeros at the end. So that, that's a very specific way. And you do that with the current state. And then you do maybe a pilot. And we talked a bit about, you know, how do you, you build trust in drips, but you lose it quickly. So pilots are great because it's a safe community that you bring an idea to that knows they're in a beta. They they know they're maybe not going to get the best solution versus rolling it out to the entire agency and having it fail and losing that trust really right. quickly. And you, do, it's another point to survey those users to get that feedback, right. like you mentioned the VA right. did. But you need something quantifiable that you can track over time. So so you, you mentioned two words. And I think sometimes there's
0: I've experienced people can maybe get confused or conflate them. Prototype. Versus pilot, um, define define the difference. I, I've heard them. I've heard them intermixed at times. Yeah.
1: So in the design world, a prototype is typically something that's not on the software technology, whether it's a custom solution or on ServiceNow. It's something built. I mean, shoot, we used to prototype with sharpies and paper. Uh, but it, like I said, ServiceNow, our product design org uses Figma. It's a cloud-based design tool. So that's where i build a prototype it's not real it's not real data smoke and mirrors smoke and mirrors right and this is a big problem i found in federal government because if you start being in real environments there's security issues there's real data issues figma you're not on the platform you're not using real data you're making up usernames things like that and it becomes a rapid way to get feedback Mm -hmm. but it's not real you're not stress testing the system whereas the pilot is built it's on the platform theoretically in a production environment but only available to a subset of users
0: for and a period learning. of
1: time. And you're learning. You're and evaluating. Yeah. You're going to change. It's yep. uh, and you yeah. can push it theoretically if things go well, because you've done a good job with iterating the whole way, you press a button and give it to everybody. Right.
0: But you're do if you if you choose to press that button, give it to everybody, you're doing it with a lot of awareness. It's not right. the big bang approach that I experienced at times on on you know custom built applications when I, you know, when I worked on systems development projects where you Crush fingers and pray that it's gonna work for everybody. You have a lot more confidence, you know, in, in this. And you've gotten a lot more feedback along. Uh,
1: and your along pilot the way. participants, again, we talked about champions, right? Mm-hmm. Champions of change. Those pilot participants have been through that journey with you. They know you care. And hopefully they're shouting to their colleagues, use it. It's so much better. I was able to do, you know, my direct deposit change so much faster than last week when I had to send it through inner office mm-hmm.
0: mail. Uh, on a, on a, uh, you said champions of change. I I worked on a project. Personally, where we had change champions—these people that were identified from across the country, a large organization, lots of uh, offices across the across the uh, United States—and um, different states had change champions who they were on the project. They came to DC, they worked with the project team, they went back to their respective offices, and their responsibility was to uh, be the champion for this new approach and new process. And it, and it worked pretty well because we had people that were really, you know, dedicated. And to AJ's point, they're bought in because they were, they were, they were part of it. So I've seen that work um quite successfully, even on challenging projects, you know, where you don't always have the best uh uh the best press inside the agency because maybe the project's taking longer, or maybe there's you know other attributes of the project that you know don't line up to what people's expectations were. Those change champions were uh so influential in getting people back on track and and believing in the product. Of the project that we were that we were all working on, um, I want to just pause for a second, see if there are any comments or questions out there. We've been talking at you. We want to talk with you. Um, curious if the things you're hearing um, are relevant to the way your projects are executing, or you would you'd would want them to be executing. So, any any thoughts or comments? I'm not going to call on anybody, but yes, sir. Would you just mind telling us where, where you're from? Yeah,
1: I think so. So, in, in ServiceNow, one great example might be Employee Center or Employee Service Center if you're a few releases older. So this is the employee-facing self-service experience built on our service portal technology.
0: You saw that uh, if, you the, if you were in Nick Sitson's uh, keynote this morning, you saw some of that uh, highlighted on the screen.
1: Great. Um, we've done a lot of research to design a great out-of-the-box experience. There's a default taxonomy in there for how to organize your content, but your agency might be different. You might have different catalog items, et cetera. So it's an out-of-the-box solution that's 80% of the way there. There's a 20% journey that you have to go on to figure out how does it make sense to organize your content for your agency, not based on your agency's org chart, but based on how your users understand that content. You know, direct deposit shouldn't live in payroll administrative systems because that's the name of the group. It should live in my compensation because that maybe makes more sense to your agency. And then even going beyond that, I worked with, I wish I had more federal examples off the tip of my tongue. But I worked with a car manufacturer that gave all their HQ employees free car washes once a month. So they needed to add a widget to their employee center to support free car washes and show them how many credits and show them the next available opportunity. We're not a car wash service management company. We could be. You could build that app on service now using creator workflows. But you, we haven't done the research to figure out the best way to manage car washes. So when you go to curated experiences, I love that term you have to understand your agency's needs, your user's needs to go beyond what we're giving to everybody. Is that, does that represent your question? Well,
0: and I love that we're talking about the employee portal, because, you know, it can become the basis of the, of the organization's intranet. It's the place that I can go when it, when my browser opens, I could go to that and I can see not just the things that are, you know, uh, that are, Inherent to ServiceNow, I can be connected into a third party car wash app. Right. And I can interact with that data and uh, that experience through ServiceNow. It, ServiceNow is not the core application to do this work, but as uh, Nick was describing, ServiceNow is a is a highly empathic platform because we we know that it's a jungle out there in an IT organization, any organization, the different technologies have been purchased over time. The ability to connect them into the ServiceNow platform in this case, in the employee portal and see the things that are relevant to your day, to your business, to your work, to your team. That's all possible. You don't have to rebuild that stuff. You just have to be able to connect it in, which is not very hard to do.
1: Right. You talk a lot about this idea of hub and spoke, employee mm-hmm. center being the hub, and then those third-party apps or even other solutions on ServiceNow being spokes off of employee center. But how do you represent that app in the employee center? Is also an experienced decision. Mm-hmm. You might have 800 data points, in the app but what's the one or two data points that will tell you when you need to go look that's right is it a task is it a, a metric something like that
0: well, again that those are the things that really require you to know your data know your employees understand what those those, those workflows are and um and that's that uh, outside in i talk about outside of government in the government sometimes it's outside of your organization at your agency into your organization no that's maybe more on the employee experience side versus a customer experience side but it these same concepts apply which is one of the reasons again this idea of total experience and you know shedding uh uh you know the idea of employee versus customer versus you know user it's it's all the the same thing i always remind people that uh, when I was a CIO, my customers, I, I was in customer service. My customers were the employees of the agencies I worked at, but it was still customer experience from my perspective. So, you know, we can, we can use different terms, but I always think it's, it's so um, important to come back to what we're really trying to accomplish, which is creating and providing great experiences to people, the same experiences we want when we're served by any kind of, uh, of service organization. Um, so uh Yes yes uh, over here if you just share where you're from
1: all right, it, it's a gateway to service now
0: applications
1: yeah thank you for sharing so i think that's a great topic if you're interested to have your client come to our workshop wednesday because we will talk about it's, it's yeah. a big conversation let, let, let,
0: we have one more question yeah. let's get to the workshop R- right sure. right after that we okay see.
1: so I'm, I'm sorry
0: there's a question here. yes sir sure HR on board and outboard, facilities like to second the of things, the challenges of So, from a strategy perspective, say, oh, this is how not it. done it for 10 years. Let's do it now and start it now. And then you end up with the So how do you provide guidance? So how do you try to address it the beginning do you create a plan and you go know back and then pandemic? So my experience is that you can only do these projects and get that change when you can tell the story from the bottom up, but you have from the top down, from the administrator or senior executive, uh this that individual also explaining the need for change and it's driven uh from the top down but there's a positive story and it's made possible by the kinds of things we're talking about from the bottom up those things meet in the middle you can get people to change it's not in my experience it's uh it's so complicated so hard to get people who've done a process for 20 years and probably have done it successfully and their agencies work for the mo- for the most part, right? Might not be the best, but it works. And you need and and they 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 need to decide that uh, be convinced that they need to do it some other way because you're telling them to do it. You might be new. It, it my experience that doesn't work well unless again there's top down pressure or top down statements or direction that hey we're going to change and here's the reason here's how it impacts the mission and you know you can make it make sense for them. Um, Again, not a technology thing. I think it's very much a leadership uh, and storytelling kind of, kind of requirement, but it's right on because that's a very real world example, you know, um, and I think that's why if you're, if you're doing this work uh, in your agencies, you, you can't just be focused on your organization. You have to be thinking about the totality of the agency and you need support to get up to the administrator, to get up to a senior executive who can become your ally and help drive that, those ideas down. That's the, that, again, that's the way I've seen it
1: be most successful. It, it, I'll share one thing and then I'll go to the workshop side. The other thing I would say is it's not about asking them what needs to change. It's about understanding how they're doing it today. Steve Jobs would always say, if I asked people, or Henry Ford had the like, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have wanted a faster horse. <laughs> they don't know, you know the technologies, but they know the process. So it is about understanding their day in the life and then figuring out how do you map the tech to it. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Again,
0: that's why I, I, I'll just read it one more time. I, I hate it when I, I would hear people say, we can't start the projects, so we don't have any funding. Well, we have our brains and we have the sticky notes and we can do that thinking. And those are the most important things you need to get started and now, when the funding comes, and it does come eventually, I've seen it a million times, and then there's a rush to spend it. And what do you spend it on? Well, your project is uh, quote unquote shovel ready at that point because you've done the hard work and you're best positioned amongst your peers in the agency, maybe to get some of those end of year funds to begin, a, to begin an effort. So, uh, workshops. Yep.
1: So, workshops uh, in the office on Wednesday and Thursday focus on the same theme of total experience. These are in person because they're hands on. I mentioned Sharpies and sticky notes. You will be filling out Sharpies and sticky notes. You'll be getting up. You'll be meeting people from other agencies, uh, learning how to use the techniques I briefly talked on. You can come to these? Wednesdays workshops. for customers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Thursdays for our partners. I realize there's a picture of a link on the screen, but not an actual URL to write down. So if Pamela's still here, Pamela's in maybe Pamela and I can be your touch points and we can sign you up. So this is for customers and partners. Just separate days, half hour, half right. day workshops. We,
0: we'd, lo- we'd love to have you join us in our office and uh, participate in these. There's no there's no charge. Right. This is uh, education, and um, you know we do these with some uh, frequency in in different forms and fashions. So, uh, if you can't make Wednesday or Thursday, let uh, let Pamela know. Uh, let AJ know and we, they can keep you in the loop about when we're going to do one of I'm these. I'm local, so, so
1: it. doing it for our Fed customers and partners yeah. is very convenient for me.
0: Yes, ma'am. you at the beginning, the Yeah. But would you... You know, are right,
1: mapping? Can you do that? Maybe we can roll
0: out, let's say, um, Absolutely,
1: yes. And our- we'll talk a little bit about journey mapping. It's not an activity we'll get deep into, but I'm happy to give you some information if we chat later. Yeah, it's a great activity. I should want to say something earlier. Uh,
0: um, we we have uh, uh, my my colleague Jeremy Wilcox from U.S. Digital Service here. Oh,
1: hi! I, I saw
0: him. You poked you peeked up around journey mapping. Is there something yeah. you want to share? Really, during years, yeah. Um, I, what I was going to say was, um, you can do it continuously. Um, but one of the well, actually, I had a question, which was, answer uh, you know, like, But how do you introduce an HCD mindset into agencies that maybe not familiar with it? So, for example, they've been doing something for twenty years. Right. How do you introduce that? Yeah, I think part of it is what's in it for them to change. You know, we, we again, we we uh, and this is not just about government people, you know, people don't like change. Right. We, we know this. So I think the the incentives are very important. Um, Human centered design is going to create better experiences. It's going to create more trust. It's going to create um, a greater likelihood your mission gets executed effectively and with less fraud or uh, faster payments or whatever the whatever the things are that are important. And I think you have to connect human-centered design to those incentives and, again, be able to tell that story, but at the same time have a top-level champion who can help push change. We have the, the Biden administration's executive order on, uh, on customer experience, and there's a lot of intention very clearly articulated in the, uh, in the president's FY24 budget. Around customer experience and human-centered design, and requirements for agencies to take on these things. And of course, having been in the government, I know these these missives come out from OMB or or, or the the president. And we're all we're all very um, focused on. Okay, uh, I want to do this, but then there's no funding, or there's no you know there's there's not the follow through. So I think you t- you this is an important one where we need to create follow through. We need to make it simple for people to begin this process. And again, sticky notes and sharpies. Right. Come learn at a workshop, take it back to your agency and think together and get ready for, you know, go, go be able to tell your story, whether it's to the technology modernization fund or to your agency or a program office that, hey, you have a way to make something better. You need the money and then you can go ahead and execute in the different ways AJ described. But you need that champion at a uh, pie and they might come if you can show them that shovel ready project, that journey map, that. Uh, opportunity to improve trust or improve uh, on on payment accuracy or whatever those things are for for your organization. So uh, I want to I want to be um, co- I'm cognizant of our time. We've gone over a little bit, but uh, I really appreciate the questions. AJ and I are going to be here. We're happy to field any other questions you have, or if there's anybody who wants to stick around to continue the conversation, I'm I'm happy to happy to do so. Uh, but as we as we conclude the formal part, I just want to thank you all for being here. I, um, I uh, thanks for coming to our breakout, but, you know, really thanks for being at Fed Forum and, you know, being interested in the things we're, we're doing as a company and the big ideas that we're talking about today. Um, I know lunch is coming up very soon. After lunch, um, I will be back on stage with a panel where we're going to be uh, talking about mission resiliency with the deputy secretary from the VA and the deputy secretary from DHS, which I think it's amazing. We have two depsecs. At, at this event and talking about something about mission resiliency, which ties back in to how we get our work done, customer experience, human-centered design, and all these ideas. that Those are things that help government work under under any conditions as we saw during COVID. So thank you all for coming. And uh, AJ, thanks for the great insights.
1: Thanks for having me, Jonathan. All right, no thanks, problem. everybody.